This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One Expandable Backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. In the conclusion of our four-part series on our favorite movies of 2021, the Ricks revealed the December movie releases they're most looking forward to seeing. Plus, a quick round of loaded questions with trivia about James Bond, Spider-Man, and The Matrix. All right, it is time to reveal each of our most anticipated December 2021 releases because there are some good ones to choose from. There's Spider-Man No Way Home, there's Matrix Resurrection, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley, Kingsman 3, which I guess is called The King's Man, Sing 2, Being the Ricardos, and more. I'm curious what, what you're looking forward to most of these upcoming releases. I'd have to say, and this probably will be no surprise to you, that uh, my number one most anticipated movie right now is The Matrix. Ah. Uh, This is a movie that uh, we talked about uh, an episode or two ago. And as I told you, I'm I'm not sure they needed to make this movie. But now that they're making it, I want to see what it's about. I want to see if it can live up to it. And from some of the clips I've seen in the last week or so, uh, it looks promising. So I'm cautiously optimistic and, and I really want to see what they do with this. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. I'm worried they're going to disappoint me. Yeah, me too. That's that's the thing that worries me about that movie. I had forgotten. I read this and I was like, okay, I don't remember. Maybe I should go back and watch the Matrix movies. But it said that they died at the end of the, in the third one. Yeah, both of them. I don't remember them dying. Yeah, remember- uh, How'd they die? Marianne Moss uh, died when she dove out the window, right? And then at the very end, Neo gave his life to be reabsorbed back into the Matrix so that, you know, humanity could continue on. And so instead of a full reset, uh, only Neo had to, you know, be reabsorbed by the Matrix. And so at the very end, you can see him where he's, you know, battling it out. And then at the very end, he basically gets to the the mainframe and he basically surrenders. And he says, you know, he'll give himself up for the good of the the people that are left. Interesting. So it was and it was some kind of detente was set up, right? Yeah. That the people could live how they wanted or whatever. Okay, that's starting to make sense. Really? So this one more than Spider-Man? You know, yes and no. I mean, I. You know I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so I almost feel like it's gonna it's gonna be overhyped. And like I just I just read an article that was saying that uh, people who bought premiere tickets were selling them for a thousand or two thousand yeah. or ten thousand yeah. dollars a piece. And it's kind of yeah. like wow, okay, that's cool, but I I don't know. So I I want to go see it. I will go see it. Let me say it that way. I will go see it. I am not scrambling to get one of the tickets. On the first one, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I definitely have to see both. So my number one most anticipated release for December 2021 is Being the Ricardos, which... Oh, really? I'm kidding. Just so everyone knows, it was the alternative name for our podcast, so full disclosure. No, I'm totally joking. So yeah, the two that rise to the top for me are these same two. So Spider-Man and Matrix Resurrection. My number one most anticipated movie is Matrix Resurrection. So we did match on this particular one. But I will say, and I just saw it yesterday, and it got me excited, is not Spider-Man No Way Home, but the new Spider-Verse 
Spider-Verse 2 Across the Spider-Verse yeah. is coming out next October and they have this trailer out that looks fantastic. And I guess it's part one of a two-part story, I, I think. So that has me more excited than Spider-Man No Way Home, although I do want to see it. I have a question for you about Spider-Man No Way Home. So we see Doctor Strange. Now in the trailers, I swear there are scenes where Doctor Strange looks normal and then another one where he looks strange. Now where he looks like he's wearing a wig and stuff. He looks totally fake, like done up, where he looks like we always right. see him in other scenes. And uh, so I thought, oh, they must have had reshoots or something. Well, a couple days ago, I saw that he's in a new movie and he's got short hair. So he must have cut his hair for the new movie and then had callbacks for reshoots and done a couple of the scenes that we see in the trailer, oh. I think, are from reshoots. We'll have to see because uh, the, the thing that they threw in there that may uh, mess that up is they... Um, if you if you if you follow the storyline of the movie basically by wishing that um mysterio hadn't exposed right. who he is he fragments basically right. the multi-dimension and so you've got various spider-man you got various villains you've got various all kinds of things coming to the planet so it could be just two versions of the same person uh i don't, I don't know. know i don't Maybe. know because he's acting very strangely in the scene that we see him yeah. in pardon the pun there <laughs> but it seems like it's before he casts the spell that fragments the multiverse there but maybe there's more than is apparent there all right so yes my number one choice for upcoming movie or most anticipated movie is matrix resurrection comes nice. out december 22nd in theaters and hbo max it is what the fourth installment of the matrix franchise it is directed by one of the sisters so it's, it's lana wachowski and it comes 20 years i guess after the events in matrix revolution and a full 22 years after the original Matrix hit theaters. Keanu Reeves is back as John Wick, as you pointed out in a recent episode. As <laughs> Thomas A. Anderson, I've forgotten that that was his normal name, but he's he's AKA Neo. And then Carrie Ann Moss returns as Trinity. And then as we see in the trailer, they don't recognize each other. They're in a coffee shop and they say hello and uh, they get deja vu, which is supposed to be a glitch in the, uh, the Matrix. And we see what appears to be a younger Morpheus and what I think is a younger Oracle. So something's going on. The real surprises come when we see what appears to be this younger Morpheus. The Matrix has somehow been rebooted and finds Neo questioning what's real and ready to once again take it. It's the red pill, right? Yeah, so I have to see it. Uh, did you ever see A Glitch in the Matrix? No. It's a documentary that kind of looks at the simulation theory. It's not the best of the simulation theory movies out there, but they have Elon Musk talking about how he thinks, you know, we are in a simulation and, and that kind of thing. In there. But they have these clips from this 1977 appearance by Philip K. Dick. And he apparently believed in this idea of these at least alternate universes that we would be one of one simulation essentially of many and he apparently was just mad as a bag of bees but apparently he his books he said were recovered memory that he had lived those before he had seen glimpses of the man in the high castle he lived that and was relaying it he felt that he had been in some other reality where that was what happened yeah you know <clears throat> um, we've talked about philip k dick quite a bit on the show over time uh and in yeah i'd heard before that he felt like you know these were all memories or you know, coming out of his mind visions what yeah. have you which, which I, I i've always felt like kind of explained why his stories are always like a swath of time versus a real story which has a beginning a middle and an end 
Uh, and that's always been the challenge with his his works is that you know these amazing movies are produced, but they're they don't they don't have a full story. They have like the middle part of the story, and they're they're very strong in that middle part. And so it, what you're saying doesn't really surprise me. And I I know that he believed that we were living in a simulation as well. Yeah. I mean, there's there was a number of uh, science fiction writers, yeah. especially during the 60s and 70s, who uh, talked quite a bit about that, which is probably why folks like Elon Musk were influenced by that. Um, but yeah, no, I've heard a lot of the same thing. All right. When we come back, we are going to have a 2021 movies edition of Loaded Questions. So stay tuned. This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra stylish premium quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code R&R Take 30. That's R&R Take 30 at TaskinSF.com. And welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World, Rick Matheson and Rick Wooten. And it's time to play Loaded Questions. I'm ready to go. All right, first question. Post-credit on-screen text in No Time to Die declares James Bond will return. He certainly will return at some point in some form as we know, but past movies usually teased the next James Bond movie by title. James Bond will return in Live and Let Die. James Bond will return in Octopussy or whatever. But one of those older movies, The Spy Who Loves Me, teases the wrong movie as the next James Bond film. Instead of Moonraker, which was in fact the next movie in the series, The Spy Who Loves Me teases A, Skyfall, B, The Living Daylights, C, For Your Eyes Only, or D, Octopussy. Which of these films is incorrectly teased as the next James Bond movie at the end of The Spy Who Loves Me? Oh, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess spy, uh, Skyfall. Good guess, but no, in this case, it is C, For Your Eyes Only. So I ended up, for whatever reason, watching The Spy Who Loved Me and uh, got to the end of it and uh, it said, you know, James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. And I was like, wait, that wasn't the next movie. What the hell? So then I looked it up and sure enough, so what happened was For Your Eyes Only was the next one planned when the movie came out, but then Star Wars happened. And so then they decided to do Moonraker in between. That came out in 78 or 79. And then they did For Your Eyes Only. So it was really a matter of them changing their mind, but it is kind of interesting. I saw it. I was like, wait, that wasn't the next movie. Well, here's here's a piece of trivia for you. Uh, The very first James Bond movie I saw in theaters was Moonraker. Really? Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I did not see that in theaters. I saw that in video or whatever, whenever it came out on video or each probably yeah. HBO or Showtime. That must have been cool. I think I mentioned to you before that the age difference between my uncles and aunts and I aren't that significant. Uh, you know, wow. they're pretty close. And so they were like five, six, seven years older. So they went to go see Moonraker and they drug me along. It was very cool. I That is very cool. I seem to remember really liking it. I seem to remember really liking The Spy Who Loved Me too. I never saw that in the theater. I was way too young, but damn, it's stupid. <laughs> I could barely watch it. It was so bad. It had all the fun Bond elements, but I, I remember people, I remember grownups saying, oh yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed it. It was so lighthearted, but you know, blah, 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 blah. And it is, but it's just so cheesy. All right, question number two. The Matrix franchise is about to be resurrected 20 plus years after the original. A little noted moment in the first Matrix reveals that the real world of the films is set in a the year 2062, B, 1999, C, 2019, or D, 2149. The real world outside the Matrix is 
set in what year? I, I think you made a mistake there. I think it was 2020 based on what 2020 was like. <laughs> I think it was 2049. That is a very good guess, but no, I did not know this. I just stumbled upon it. So the answer is B, 1999. How does that make sense? So according to IMDb, quote, the date stamp on the phone trace program in the opening sequence reads 2019-98. The date stamp on the phone trace program in the closing sequence reads 9-18-99. That means that the event in the movies takes place over exactly 19 months, end quote. It makes no sense. And so I doubt that that was meant to be in in that time period, but uh, someone found that or noted that in the movies, and it seems to indicate that uh, it happened uh, over a 19th month period between February of 1998 and September of 1999. I have to imagine it's an odd mistake. All right, final question. In Spider-Man Far From Home, so not this new one, but the middle one, the eight-digit license plate on the car driven by Nick Fury and Maria Hill reads A, MTU83779, B, F-L-E-R-K-E-N, or Flurkin, C, C-A-P-T-M-R-V-L, or Captain Marvel, or D, Stan Lee. In Spider-Man Far From Home, the eight-digit license plate on the car driven by Nick Fury and Maria Hill reads what? I don't know. So I'm going to guess uh, Captain Marvel. That's a good guess. That would be hilarious if it was. Flurkin too. But uh, no, in this case, it is A, MTU83779. I don't know. I don't know if people recognize this stuff, but this is also, I don't know how I stumbled across it in IMDb, but it says at around one hour, 16 minutes, the license plate on the film driven by Fury and Marie Hill is MTU83779, which references Marvel Team-Up, that's the MTU, issue 83 from July 1979, called Spider-Man and Nick Fury. So it must have been the first time that they were teamed up in the comic. That's awesome. All right. Well, look at the time here, folks. We need to be like bananas and split before we head out. Rick Wooten, why don't you share where folks can find you online? Best way to find me is always on Twitter. I'm at Wooten, uh, W-O-O-T-T-E-N. And how about yourself, Rick? I can be found at Rick Matheson on Twitter. And you can find all our social links and listen to archived episodes of Rick and Rick at rickandrick.com. Until next time, happy holidays, stay safe, keep each other safe, and keep on coming back to the one show where everybody's name is Rick. Everybody rules the world. <laughs> <laughs>